Welcome to the Liberty Leadership in Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, but more frequently we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I want to bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville, I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of and the parent to the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers, such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN12 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee, or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode calling out the lies that the usurpers and their allies use to keep themselves in power, and also the lies they tell to attain power. Before we get started, though, I want to plug the event that Empowered Severe is hosting next week. It is called Meet the Candidates and will be hosted at the Sevierville Civic Center. It will take place on Thursday, the 7th of April from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. Empowered Severe is one of those many organizations of citizens that are standing in the arena to protect and defend our liberties. They would like as many people as possible to come out and meet elected officials and candidates for office here in Sevier County. They will also provide attendees with information about the upcoming elections. Come on out, get your questions answered, as well as participate in a straw poll while enjoying some light refreshments. I will be there as well to answer any questions you may have. Regular listeners already know this, but for those that are new to the audience, 
I need to let you all know that I am running for election to the Tennessee House of Representatives for District 12, which is most of Sevier County. I'm running as an independent, and I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm also a 30-year retired veteran of the United States Navy that absolutely knows how to follow an oath. For some of my background for the audience, and anybody they know that would like to support my campaign, I'd like to offer you the following. I love the Constitution, the United States of America, and the great state of Tennessee. After completing U.S. Navy basic training in Great Lakes, Illinois, and basic enlisted submarine school in Grant, Connecticut in 1987, I then served for 30 years with duty on fast attack and ballistic missile submarines, auxiliary ships, and my final sea duty assignment was on a guided missile cruiser. After retiring from the Navy in 2017, my wife and I put down roots here in Sevierville, Tennessee. Denise and I fell in love with the area and the people many years ago after taking vacations here over the course of two decades. While we may not be from here, Denise and I did move here as fast as we possibly could. We have also been blessed to have our daughter and son-in-law put down their roots here as well. Both of them have been a great help to my campaign. I own and operate my own consulting business with clients across the United States, coaching people in leadership and management. Myself and my family are devoted followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and equally as important, we believe in the Christian-inspired founding principles and documents that established our constitutional republic and our beloved state of Tennessee. Many have asked, why am I running for office? Well, I faithfully fulfilled my oath to the Constitution through the course of four decades starting during the Cold War, with numerous operations around the globe, and finally ending with the global war on terror. I volunteered to stand in the gap between those who would do evil to our country and our liberty. After retiring from military service, the veil on American politics was lifted from my eyes. I discovered that those who would still do evil to our country aren't on foreign shores or aren't members of terrorist groups. They are in the halls of an apathetically elected government and the political parties that control it. In essence, I am called to serve the Constitution again. I believe that liberty is not only a precious gift from our Creator, it is a charge and great responsibility given to us by our Founding Fathers to preserve and protect for our future generations. Our Constitutions, both the state and the federal, are the best weapons we the people have in our arsenal to defend those liberties. The new aristocracy, these political class of people, They have forgotten that these constitutions were created to limit government and preserve the people's liberties. It is time to ensure that all elected officials, from the local all the way up to the federal levels, are reminded that all power is inherent in the people. It is also time for the people themselves to reaffirm and resolve to fully participate in our system of self-governance. I will work my hardest to be the Christ-centered servant leader that our Founding Fathers envisioned would serve the people of this great state and our nation. I am working on building a strong team of my fellow patriotic residents of Sevier County to protect our freedoms for years to come. We can and must take a stand in the arena. We must prevail against the major political parties and reaffirm the principle that Nashville only governs with the consent of the governed, not the consent of political parties, political action committees, or special interest groups. My focus when I get to the General Assembly will be restoring the constitutional protections guaranteed in our Bill of Rights. Having Tennessee reassert its Tenth Amendment rights when dealing with the federal government will be paramount to this effort. All other actions that I will be supporting will need our state to stand firm on its sovereignty in order to accomplish this. Also, as many of you know now, or are discovering, our nation no longer has a free press. 
What we do have is a vast propaganda wing for the Communist Party. The legacy news media, social media, and big tech need to be brought to heel. They need to fulfill their proper function. They need to be disseminators, not discriminators of information in the new public square that is the Internet. Or they must be forced to restructure. Our supposedly Republican governor and his trans-Republican supermajority in the General Assembly needed to be reminded of not only our Constitution, but their oaths to it. Any member of government that violates their oath of office needs to be expelled from that office, as well as face some sort of punishment to send a clear message to future office holders that there will be consequences for violating the oath. One only has to look at recent proposed or passed legislation by our General Assembly to see that the vast majority of them routinely do not follow their oaths and are more beholden to selfish interests, special interests, lobbyists than they are to their constituents. So when many of these individuals swore and they signed that oath, they essentially lied to the voters. They bore false witness to each of their constituents. Their campaign promises are mostly lies told in order to obtain power and influence. Some of them even use their influence for their personal benefit at the local, state, and federal level. I will be an honest witness to the machinations of our government to the citizens who entrust me to represent them to our state government. I know an oath of office is a sacred trust. Our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident rights are under assault all over the place, assaulted by the lies spread by the new aristocracy and their willing allies. And among these self-evident God-given rights that are under assault are our Second Amendment rights. Our illustrious governor's constitutional carry bill that passed last year is not constitutional carry. In calling his bill that, he lied, as well as the members of the General Assembly that carried his water and passed that bill to misguided fanfare. What the bill actually does is provide a statutory defense to the criminal charge of carrying a firearm with the intent to go armed. True constitutional carry has no preconditions or qualifications. If you have to ask the government to carry a firearm, it is no longer a right but a privilege. Shall not be infringed means exactly that. The same can be said about our rights to decide what goes into our bodies or the bodies of our children. We get to make that decision, not some bureaucrat in Nashville or Washington, D.C. Government works for us, not the other way around. Our Constitution limits the power of government, not the people. The same thing applies to government departments of education and local school boards. They work for the taxpayers, not special interest groups and lobbyists. Us. We pay their salaries. We provide the funding for our school districts. For far too long now, they have become little boards of tyranny, doing as they please behind closed doors and bowing at the altar of wokeness. Yes, even here in Sevier County. Just look at the information that is coming to light with regard to the curriculum voted and approved by our local school board. Social Emotional Learning, SEL. It is here in Sevier County, and it is just as bad as critical race theory. This curriculum further sexualizes our children and teaches them how to hide it from their parents. This curriculum doesn't have parental access to any of the online tools and information. And that is by design, of course. As I stated in a previous episode, this isn't rocket science, folks. These people just want to diddle our kids. 
They are grooming them and they are doing it with our tax dollars. There needs to be legislation at the state level that will allow for recall elections of school board members. There also needs to be more input and more control by the taxpayers for who the school board selects as the superintendent. The superintendent needs to be answerable to the taxpayers. After all, we are providing the funds that serve as their salary. School boards are not some far-off agency of government that deserves little or no attention by the taxpayers. These people are literally in our homes every day. Through the property taxes that fund them and their policy decisions, as well as the monies they use to purchase curriculum, all the way to the direct impact they have on the development of our children. There is no more important government agency that needs to be closely monitored and controlled by parents and taxpayers than the school board. There needs to be an end to the lies that our government and its allies are telling us. That will be my focus when I get to the General Assembly. States' rights, which includes nullification, Second Amendment rights and true constitutional carry, making school boards more accountable and responsive to their employers, and being a servant leader for the voters that entrusted me with this special position. Also, I know how to follow an oath. If you cannot make it to the Empowered Severe Meet the Candidates event, which I sincerely hope you do, you can email me directly. The email address is larry-for-tn12 at protonmail.com. Again, that is larry-for-tn12 at protonmail.com. Now let's cover down on some of the big lies this past week that government officials, government employees, and media allies have been telling us. When discussing this, keep in mind, judges are government employees. They are no different than elected officials. Judges are paid the same way elected officials and bureaucrats are, with our tax dollars. That makes them our employees. That being said, they can and should be held accountable for lying. Take, for instance, the Supreme Court nominee that spent the better part of last week in confirmation hearings, Judge Kintanji Brown-Jackson. I am quite sure most of the country now has heard her response to Senator Marsha Blackburn's question. Let me play you a soundbite of the exchange before we go further. United States versus Virginia, the Supreme Court struck down VMI's mail-only admission policy. Writing for the majority, Justice Ginsburg stated, Supposed inherent differences are no longer accepted as a ground for race or national origin classifications. Physical differences between men and women, however, are enduring. The two sexes are not fungible. A community made up exclusively of one sex is different from a community composed of both. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me to okay, comment I'd, as to whether. All right, or not. I'd love to get your your opinion on on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how 
I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Interesting answer, don't you think? Like most of you, I have seen the hundreds, if not thousands, of memes that are floating around the internet based upon the judge's answer. I find them quite hilarious, too. I especially love the meme that references a scene from Kindergarten Cop with a little boy explaining anatomy. But let's get back to the question and the statement. The senator's question was, quote, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Unquote. It's a pretty straightforward question. I think a vast majority of the country could answer that right away, even small children. Of course, though, there will be the fringe element that will be wishy-washy on it or equivocate on it, and that is the point. That's the point with the judge's answer. Quote, can I provide a definition? No, I can't. Unquote. She then tries to justify not being able to answer to define what a woman is because she is not a biologist. This woman was testifying under oath in front of the United States Senate Judiciary Committee and lied. Lied while admitting to a truth that is dangerous to the community that wants to force us, every American, into pretending along with everybody that has a mental disorder that they are not what biology has determined they are. Judge Jackson knows what a woman is and what a woman isn't. She lied in that answer in order to not offend a radical fringe element of society and their communist enablers, and lessen their support of her ascension to the Supreme Court of the United States. This lie that she perpetuated in her testimony, which all of the senators, even the declared Communist Party senators, know is a lie, clearly shows that there is no length that the communists will not go to in order to rip apart our institutions and usher in the downfall of our constitutional republic. The institution that is the Supreme Court is a huge target for the communists in elected office. Mainly because the Supreme Court set itself up as the target by assuming powers outside of the scope of its Article III constitutional authority. Like I mentioned when she lied, she admitted to a truth. That sex is a function of biology and not a societal construct. That is very dangerous to the community of radicals and activists. But back to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the backdoor method into getting a pure democracy fully entrenched in our constitutional republic. Because for the most part, Americans, we despise dictators. Just look at how the media and their allies in government are portraying Putin of Russia right now. Never mind that the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, behaves in much the same way within the territorial boundaries of his country. Putin is the dictator, and American hates dictators. End of story. While Congress, which is the legislative branch of our government, 
has abdicated much of its authority to the executive branch over the course of a century now, these communists know that they cannot institute a complete totalitarian government right off the bat. They also know that even with just a little divide between true liberty defenders and both chambers of commerce, they cannot achieve the complete transformation to tyranny through the legislative means. They must rely on a judiciary that is willing to lie, cheat, and steal to achieve their objectives. These communists search out activists like Judge Jackson that have no moral compass at all and transform the makeup of the judiciary so that when there are constitutional challenges to the laws they pass, they rest easy knowing that the court will rule against liberty and rule for the slow march toward tyranny. Just look back over the past few decades when the Supreme Court, which is only supposed to rule on cases in front of it and not have a ruling effect national scale, they've ruled on cases conjuring up constitutional rights right out of the thin air. That is the path towards a pure democracy, when a judiciary rules according to what the mob wants, not what is actually stated in the Constitution. A pure democracy is always doomed to failure, and when it fails, the people will look to a single leader to rule them. And this ruler gets to his position by promising to be Santa Claus for the people. This ruler also gains the support of foreign nations by promising to be Santa Claus for them as well, redistributing our wealth, our sweat equity, not only here at home, but abroad into countries that have no love for our country. They promise them everything and deliver nothing. They don't run on their moral imperatives, but they run on lies only meant to propel themselves into positions of power, and they keep lying to stay there. How about another lie that came out of the Senate Judiciary hearings? Give this a listen. Where do we stand? Well, we have consulted with prosecutors and with victims' rights organizations, and they share my concern. This is very confidential, sensitive information, which is usually only seen by a judge, and to, to run the risk of bringing it to this committee and jeopardizing our worse Innocent, Is there no I'm, way I'm, we can end? I'd like to finish. Okay. Jeopardizing our worse, innocent third parties, our children who have been victimized. I'm sorry, Senator, I'm not going to be party to that. Uh, I would not want that on my conscience that we did this for some political exercise here, which I think is totally unnecessary, and someone was harmed as a result of it. I'm going to resist it every step of the way. Can you believe the actual gall of that communist saying that? Innocent third parties? No thought or consideration was ever given to Justice Kavanaugh's children being forced to watch these communists on that same committee accusing their father of being a rapist a couple of years ago. Was there? Then there is this bit of hypocrisy that should really stand out. Give it a listen. That we did this for some political exercise here, which I think is totally unnecessary. So let's get this straight. Justice Kavanaugh. Justice Barrett, their families, and the entire nation were subjected to false claims of rape, other questions that implied white supremacy or other predatory actions, and the accusations about Justice Kavanaugh were brought by a completely debunked witness. Senators were accosted in the hallways of the Capitol building by communist agitators and activists. Pink hats resurfaced all over the country in droves, Women dressing up like characters in a fictional TV series swarm the streets and cities all over the nation with chants of believe all women. Yet when it comes to the questioning of a judge based upon the actual record of her cases, it is, 
in the words of the committee chairman. Political exercise. And we the people are just supposed to accept that. We are supposed to accept that the communists can behave any way they want to, the way they engage in political exercise, and the opposing party cannot question their nominee on the actual record, or else it is... The race card is just another lie that the communists use to silence anybody that questions their motives or their actions. I know I've mentioned this before, but calling anybody a racist nowadays, because of its such a frequent use, has become the equivalent of the schoolyard name-calling by five-year-olds. Which is appropriate because the communists only encourage thinking by the masses at the level of kindergartners. No critical thinking allowed. Oh, and how far the communists have moved on from the narrative of believe all women, right? Governor Cuomo and his little brother Fredo come to mind. What about Ghislaine Maxwell's involvement in her pedophile boss's victimization of children? The communists are about as interested in the facts she can expose as they are about not only the corruption documented on the laptop from hell, but about the drug use and predatory behavior on Hunter's laptop as well. So pay close attention to what remains of Judge Jackson's confirmation process. Study the details as well as the history to see just how far these people will go in their lies. Remember, lies are also made up of suppression or omission of the truth. Judge Jackson can only lay claim to being the first black female nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States because of one man. One man and two actions by that one man. The first we have discussed before. Dementia Joe is guilty of violating federal law based upon workplace discrimination, hiring based solely upon gender or race. When he claimed he would only nominate a black female, that means he excluded every male and every other race other than black. Reverse the gender and reverse the race, and the communists would be marching on the White House with pitchforks and torches. But there's a little-known second act that Sleepy Joe engaged in while he was a senator. It was in July 2005 that Biden, when on a network news show, stated that the first black woman being considered for nomination to the Supreme Court would be filibustered. Give a listen to what he had to say about what could have been the first black female nominated to the Supreme Court. Um, and, uh, but I have no intention of filibustering, but it depends on who the president sends. But I could see a circumstance. Mm-hmm. For example, if he set up Edith Jones, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustered. What about what, Janice what, Rogers Brown? Someone excuse else? Me, I'm, 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 I'm not, by the way, I misspoke. I misspoke. Janice Rogers Brown is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. I misspoke. Because a circuit court of a judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. I guess he wasn't concerned about making history then, right? Race and gender played no part back in 2005. I hope you all caught the important part of that soundbite, though. Before I play it again, I would encourage the listeners to look at the entire history around the judicial nomination process in 2005 and the part Joe Biden played in it. But now let's get back to the interesting part of that soundbite. Have I not always told you that the communists reveal themselves? Listen to this, and you will know what I mean. Because a circuit court of a judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. You see how the communists think and behave? Let me play that for you again. Because a circuit court of a judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. There it is, right out in the open. What the new aristocracy cannot get past legislatively, 
They want the judicial branch to pass. Both parties. That's the reason behind the fighting about Supreme Court justices now. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to remind you all of this passage from the Constitution of the United States of America. Article 1, Section 1. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. All legislative powers. That means only Congress can make laws. The executive branch and the judicial branch cannot make laws. Both political parties need control over that branch of government to implement their soft tyranny. The communists and transpublicans have so twisted our courts to the point that a majority of Americans now believe that the Supreme Court can and does make new laws. How and why do we get to this point where we believe that? Because of our apathy and lack of involvement, that's why. I was going to go into more detail about the laptop from hell, but we'll save that and a bit of actual journalism, accidental journalism, concerning it in the next week's episode. I would encourage you all to support your independent candidates in the next election cycle. We can work together to restore our constitutional republic. In closing this week, I would like to leave you all with this from God's word. Today it comes to us from Proverbs 12:17. An honest witness tells the truth, a false witness tells lies. As I mentioned at the outset, nearly every single one of our currently elected officials bears false witness to the people that elected them. If you have been watching any of the news lately, you know they will lie, cheat, and steal to obtain and stay in power. It doesn't matter their political party affiliation either. Democrats, communists, Republican, Transpublican, most of them are in office and want to stay in office for one reason only. Power. Their position gives them power to control, be it through taxes or spending those taxes. Control. Servant leaders do not bear false witness. They tell the truth even when the truth will be painful. The truth, more often than not, represents short-term pain for long-term gain. The lies told by government are almost always short-term gain, followed by long-term pain. Just look at the steady march towards totalitarianism via the extremely destructive path of pure democracy our government has taken us on since the passage of the 16th Amendment. We need to stand up and demand honest witness from the people we elect to represent us at all times. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille, it's time to wake up.